everyone to another episode of Studio Insights with us, Bell Vista Studios. We got Victoria, we got Hannah, we got me, Kim. And this is an opportunity for us to, it's kind of like our development time where we ask each other things that we appreciate or want to learn from each other and get some tips and be better, I guess, uh, if we decide we want to take on those tips and hopefully it adds value to your journey as well. So who's got the uh, first question? You go. I know you're prepared. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, my question is for Kim. Um, so I would like to know um, where, as a business owner, like where do you get the confidence to just take your company in whatever direction you want it to go, basically? Because um, I know this week we've started working on a like different kind of project and it's something that will affect like how we run as a business in the coming years pretty much mm-hmm. um but how do you decide like and how yeah how do you decide and how do you get the confidence to be like yeah we're going to do that and it's going to work when you're making a big change um so many things going through my head <laughs> I'm a big believer in you can do anything you set your mind to if you love it. Mm -hmm. And if you love it enough, like in the world, there's so much opportunity. Like it doesn't matter what you do. There's so much opportunity, no matter the complexities that surround life. So for that reason, I would never have that as a burden or a hurdle or a challenge. If I just know that there's opportunity in the world, the next thing is, do I have what it takes to make whatever I want a possibility? And if you love something enough, you will pursue it no matter what. So whenever I say to people, when they ask like in the freelancer mastermind and that, why do you want to start a business? And a lot of them are like running from a painful boss or a circumstance in a work environment that they don't like. I'm like, don't run from that because what is it about that that you don't like? Because a business is hard to run. So you need to get into business for the right reasons. So I believe if you're in business for the right reasons and you've done your soul searching around your passion, then when business life is challenging, you just sail through it because you love it and you wouldn't do anything else in the world. And I guess like for me, I did have that question initially when I started Bell Vista Studios is if I could do anything in the world and get paid for it what would it be and this is what we have created and it's come from what am I interested in how do I want to spend every single day who do I want to work with how do I want to work what do I want to work on so I asked these questions so now I'm in a place of this is what I absolutely love I used to spend my time like learning business things and instructional design and e-learning things like my hobbies were that like I was always curious about it so you get into it for the right reason and then it just is so natural because it's inherently who I am like and I think we have I've had conversations this week with people around like those clues in your childhood Mm. around your interests and who you are and what you are kind of born inherently to do And if I look at my own journey, when I was 12, I was like creative. I was designing 
skateboard brands and things like that that have gone nowhere but like I was I had this desire to own a business I was researching that sort of stuff so there's clues in your childhood so now I'm basically just showing up as me as a human being which makes it really easy if I go back to why I started a business is like who do I want to work with I want to work with you two what's important to you two certain meaningful projects um and then it's like okay well I know that we can do that. So just create the opportunity because it's important for me to work with you. So what is it around that? And then go that way. So if I always know that there's opportunity there in the world, no matter what we do, and I am driven by a fire, there is no other absolute possibility in life for me to want to do something else. I'll make it happen. And then the next thing is, who do I want to make that happen with? I want to work with friends. I want to work with people that have similar values to me. I want to work with people that I enjoy and challenge and push me and have a good work ethic and all that. So you just create the environment that you want to work in and everything else, when you come from a place of love, it just falls into place. So, yeah, I think it's a bit probably deeper and that way it's like, I think like whether you believe in God and all that, but there's that story of like, the Red Sea, this is like the vision that just came into me. I had a vision. No. <laughs> um, it's like, I remember that story from school where it's like um, the Red Sea and Moses is like bringing people to escape something, I think. And um, basically the sea parts and they get through this sea into safety and then everything falls and collapses behind them as they get through. And that's what it kind of is. It's just like, there's a big, huge ocean out there and how are we going to get through it? Well, it just kind of parts for you and everything falls into place when you come from a place of love. Mm, I like that. Does that answer your question or would you like to go deeper on anything? <laughs> um, no, I feel like that's good. I find that very inspiring. <laughs> cool. Can I ask a question related to that? Yeah. I'm just wondering, like you said, when you're younger, and we were talking about that this week, you sort of think about what things did I enjoy doing when I was younger? And that can help you understand what you're passionate about. But what if, like, are there any other ways you can figure out what you're actually passionate about? Because I know Victoria and I have spoken about it where we're like, what would we, like, we are passionate about our role, but you're like, it's like from when you were young, you knew exactly what you're doing. And some people, I think it's hard for them to understand what, they should be doing i think it's always an experiment right if i look at where bell vista studio started like initially i was going to have a graphic design studio but i wasn't super passionate about it but i guess it started as a business okay cool so there's a business but i'm not sure what that business looks like so just experiment experiment try it out do a few logos maybe do a website and go mm, i don't like this i don't what do i not like about it uh Clients are painful. Um, I don't really enjoy being creative and making logos. I'm not really like the best naturally at it. I can't create th things from scratch. I'm really good at appreciating that's good and kind of using that and replicating it. So it's an experiment. And then Bell Vista Studios evolved into e-learning because I was like, what is this learning thing? What is training? I'm curious about that. How can I do more of that? And then that's where it became an e-learning company. And then... I thought we were just e-learning and then I was like, what's this behind e-learning? And then I started to learn about instructional design. I'm like, 
oh, okay, so yeah, you got to, how do you get it to a storyboard? What's that? And then you start learning and then you start doing more of that and less of the things that you don't like. And you continuously just adapting based on your own interests and things that bring you joy and removing things that bring you pain. So then if I look at how we've evolved now is like even more so we became big on instructional design and shifted a little less from the e-learning development. So people come to us for instructional design and then I guess uh, e-learning is like a, a byproduct, like it happens mm -hmm. for some solutions. And then we have conversations. We do like the Ikigai little exercise for ourselves. Like we're continuously kind of checking where are we as, at, as humans? What are we interested in? What are we passionate about? What do we want to spend our time doing? And from that, like a year and a half ago was like, a big thing for me was coaching people. Um, I love like coaching and helping people. I know Hannah gets a lot of joy from that as well. So then the creator hub evolved because we were like, how do we create an opportunity for people to learn from us? Mm -hmm. So that's why we do YouTube videos because we love adding value. We love helping people be better. That's why we do all the content that we do on LinkedIn and Instagram and YouTube. That's why we have all the products on the Creator Hub is to help other people because that's an intrinsic motivator of ours. So we mm -hmm. basically were like, yeah, we're an e-learning instructional design company, but we want to do more. So how do we do that? We do the Creator Hub. And then we look at, you know, Vic, we haven't shifted away from instructional design and e-learning because Vic loves doing development. So we want to make sure that that's still a part of our business. And Hannah still loves doing um, storyboarding and I love doing like and Hannah as well like that we all love the human-centered design approach mm. so we're just continuously going what do we love doing okay do more of that and move towards that what do we not like doing how can we simplify that shit or how can we remove it and so there are little ex and I think it's just as simple as that I like this I don't like this move towards this and create more opportunity in this move away from the stuff that you don't like simplify it or remove it completely if that is just the simplest form of it that's how you should make decisions about your life I believe and there are things if you look back and we'll go back to your childhood question there are things in your life that are continuous patterns of coming through you like helping people you like being creative you like collaborating you like working alone what are those things that were there as a child that you can bring in and create and mold an opportunity for yourself? Mm -hmm. And people will think, oh, you can't just do that because I can think about like, I have conversations with my parents and they're like, no, you need to get into a job and like stay there for life or be there and be loyal. And I'm like, but I'm living what I'm telling you in this video right now. And it is working so well for me and I'm so happy. So it is possible. Mm -hmm. So just do that like or do what you're doing and continue to be unhappy your choice basically. yeah I love it thank you all good <laughs> I feel like I'm getting very passionate about this <laughs> yeah no it's cool uh you are living it. yeah and I think that's the thing is just do it like yeah uh, anyway you have a Imagine choice it make a decision, move towards things you like, move away from things you don't like. That's the simplest yeah. form. There's so, and yeah. I say that because there's so much stuff on Google, the Ikigai, there's like, start with why, mm -hmm. look all these personality tests. But if you haven't done something already because you've 
caught up in that world and you keep doing that shit over and over, that's great, but you need to take action. And that's what's stopping you because the answers are there. You're just not moving towards it. So look at the pain and pleasure yeah. that motivates you behind it. Love it. Uh, <laughs> take the pressure off me I'm gonna give you guys questions. <laughs> give myself a moment to calm down um so I would love to know your both your journeys because back like episodes ago of this um you're both in a state of I'm trying to I want to minimize mistakes I want to contribute to the team to the best of my ability and from that came the planning template. So the planning template for each of your tasks in terms, in terms of it looked like something like, what's the goal? What's the problem I'm trying to solve? The tasks that will help me achieve and solve that problem and goal. And the risks and assumptions and consequences. So that's like a, just for people watching the framework essentially that you have now adopted to each of the tasks that you complete. So I'd love to know how have you benefited from applying that now? And how are you feeling from where you were back in the day where you're like, oh, I don't want to spend time planning my tasks to, I won't say how I feel you're doing, but yeah, how do you guys think you're doing? Well, to be honest, I haven't fully adopted that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it on tasks with Hannah because I think she's quite good with it. <laughs> but I have not been, unfortunately. Okay, so the task that you have done it for versus the task that you haven't done it for, how do they play out? <laughs> I think I've been doing a good job either way. <laughs> okay. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, I don't I honestly don't think of it I need to because I do still like do <laughs> I do still do like a plan usually when I but my plan is like a to-do list I don't break it down the same way mm. so perhaps I would work better if I did because it's like I feel like the template uh the planning template thing um there's more of like a check like a way you can check back in with yourself with the um like the goal and the challenges and that kind of thing mm. I kind of just stick to the task <laughs> I kind of do the task section <laughs> but I'm not really checking in with other parts about it but it sounds like, so you get your goal in your calendar invite, which is like the, the thing that you need to achieve. Mm. You're doing the task bit. You've just adapted the template into your own little thing that works, which is your checklist. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, but you didn't do that checklist as in depth as you used to. Like in the past, you either didn't do a proper checklist yeah. But now it sounds like, because I know that you do it, <laughs> you're just not seeing that you do it. <laughs> so the checklist. I don't know. I think the now. template is different. I work, would work differently with the template. Because I know we have our goal in our calendar. Mm. But I think there's an extra bit in the template 
there's goal and there's something else. And what problem you're trying to solve? I think. Oh wait, oh, the problem. Yeah, it's like why you like why you have that goal basically, and I think sometimes that information is important for me to <laughs> know and to understand. <laughs> Okay, I'm a checklist. You do a checklist now. Don't worry about the rest of it. But you actually plan by having a checklist for your task. Does that benefit you? How has it benefited you versus when you didn't do it? Um, I think it is just like keeping on top of things. Like I don't forget things as easily because um, mm -hmm. I find that a lot of the tasks we do have seem to expand or have like extra steps in them that I might not have known initially. Um, and I think a lot of things have like a flow on effect as well. So I might do one thing and be like, that means now after I do this, this and this, I've got to do this as yeah. well. <laughs> and you can't always like keep track of, well, I can't always keep track of that in my head because it might be something that affects like the project later on, like the next day or a few hours later or whatever it is. And in that time, even other stuff might come up as well. Mm. So just like documenting that instead of thinking, oh, yeah, I know I need to do that in my head. And then I don't. <laughs> I get distracted or, I don't know, like we the task finishes and I'm meant to restart another day. And by then, like, I don't know where I was at with it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's useful, I would say. <laughs> okay. Well, I would say I, would, <laughs> I have observed. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, less mistakes coming through in the work, less things forgotten. Um, you definitely like are you are it's like you're foreseeing the knock-on effect mm -hmm. of how it's gonna play out in the future. Um and I think you you own shit now. You're just like on you're a boss of your task. You're a boss. Now that you say that, I do think I am going through more of that process in my head, but I probably mm. should document it. Like, I do think more about, like, the risks and consequences when I'm mm. taking action, whereas mm -hmm. before I'd just kind of be like, yeah, I'll do this now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely more of, like, a thought process for me instead of feeling it out. But yes. that could probably help me because, I mean, I might forget what the risks were and then make a different decision that I shouldn't be making. I've Which noticed about it, Vic, mm. a lot more. Like even yesterday when you were, um, were talking about like the native videos being uploaded, mm -hmm. you were like, you like step back and you're like, okay, we have like two different processes. This project has this process. What are we doing for this one? Mm -hmm. And you like thought about it very holistically and like strategically. So I yeah. definitely noticed you doing it. Whereas before I feel like, we both would have just like done it. Mm. Like you would have just like done whatever you thought. Yeah. Like yeah. What about the bigger picture? So I think you mm. definitely, you're thinking differently. <laughs> well, just ignore me then. I've definitely <laughs> realised it. The challenge Vic has is she doesn't appreciate and acknowledge the good stuff that she's doing. But yeah, that's why we have to articulate <laughs> it for you. Um, but yeah, I've seen it and I can tell that like, yeah, although you're not doing it in the template, what you've done is used the template and just adapted it in your head. Mm -hmm. So now it's a habit for you and that's the way you think about yeah. it. So yeah, 
I could see that. I was hoping you would be able to articulate it. Thank you. <laughs> Hannah. Um, I feel like we did it for, like, I feel like we did a lot of planning for the HCD social media checklist. Mm. We had all those different documents yeah. and everything was like laid out. So I feel like we definitely did it for that. Um, and it was helpful, but it's just like, there's always other things that pop up that we don't think of. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, how do we not like with the buffer thing running out mm. of the amount of posts and needing to upgrade? Like we yeah. didn't think about that, but we still went through the process of thinking what could go wrong with this. But mm. I think maybe that would just always happen. There's always things that you might not think of. Mm. And when you get to that stage, you just like, and we did, like we changed our path. We went, okay, we need to like take the time to plan what to do now. Yeah. Like we can upgrade or like, what does it mean if we don't upgrade and how much is it going to cost? And like, just making sure we're really like clear around what our options are. Mm. So I think it was useful because I think in the past I would have got overwhelmed and thought like everything's ruined that we've done, but yeah. around yeah. like figuring out what your options are and what's the best way to, to move forward. So I think the template has definitely helped with that. Um, so yeah, I feel like I do use it, but there are tasks that I've done so often that it's a process that's in my head that I feel like it's not necessary. Like mm -hmm. editing a video, we always do the same process. So I think for some things I'm not needing it, but for other things, it's definitely useful. Yeah. I agree. Do you recommend people take the time to plan their tasks? Definitely. Okay. That was the moral of that story. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Nah. <laughs> All right. Um, no, it's, it's funny, like this, it's so interesting, I guess, this is like the learning journey, right, is you're like in this turmoil, and you're like, oh, nothing's going right, and it's all chaotic, and then you start to put improvements in place, and gets a little bit incrementally better, and then things become smooth, and then you forget all that chaos in the past, mm -hmm. and now you guys, it's so like habitual for you that you can't even describe, like, yeah, I do consider risks and consequences and all this kind of stuff because it mm. just happens naturally for you. So for anyone that's learning a new thing, it will, you'll get there. Your habits will become natural and you'll forget all the chaos that you did and the self-doubt that you had before. Yeah. So just push through, keep doing it. You get incrementally better. Mm. Just just like you do. <laughs> okay, Hannah, question. What have you got? So my question is for Kim. <laughs> Back to you, Kim. Will I get super passionate about this one? <laughs> um, I've noticed that you are really good at coaching people, so both individuals and groups. And I would just love to know for you, from you, what advice you have for a like running a successful coaching session. Um. Okay. The way oh, it's hard. So coach it. No, it's not hard um that was an automatic automatic question. so coaching like you do give the answers right yeah. so you're not necessarily helping people to find the answer for themselves that's kind of more mentoring takes a bit more time yeah so coaching you got to be clear on the goal so what is the person's intent so we get people when they do coaching with us to tell us that what behavior change do you want as a result of your time, this 30 minutes, this hour, this uh, like cohort that you're part of um, or any of the coaching sort of stuff. What is your intent? Come to everything with an intent because 
we can't help you if you don't know what help you need. Mm. So I think you need to, as a coach, encourage the people that you're coaching to have a goal out of that time limit. And then who knows uh, <laughs> what happens? I'm thinking of one that I had yesterday. Because it is the unknown. That's what I've noticed. Like you don't, when you go into coaching sessions, you have no idea what the conversation will be. And that for me, because I don't have control over what's going to happen. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to respond, but I feel like you go in with confidence and you do add value. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, I go in with confidence and add value in the things that I know shit about. Yeah. So um, we, I don't coach on like how to be a great American football <laughs> player <laughs> or like how to cook something in the kitchen because I have no idea about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but so there's parameters, right? People are going to come to me for coaching because a lot of times and us as a team, because they know the value we can bring. They've watched YouTube videos and they're thinking what they're saying makes so much sense to me. Um, and I think they can add value. So they choose, they already self-select knowing that we are going to be able to help them at some in some way. And we're only putting out information that we know stuff about and we don't touch things that we don't know things about. Yeah. So when I'm stepping into that, I'm only stepping in as Kim Tui and there's things that I can add value in and there's things that I can't. And if something comes up in a coaching session that I can't add value about, I say, I don't know. Maybe I know I can recommend to go look at this thing, read this thing, go Google this thing, but I can't help you in that area. But if I wanted to find out those answers, these are the questions I would ask. Yeah. And it's just being okay with not knowing everything. But a lot of the times, like, I guess in our industry, when you're a coach, you're a coach in a specific niche mm -hmm. and everyone has the same problems. So <laughs> I guess it becomes a repeatable thing and you can only talk from your own experience. So that's what we do. And that's what all these things are. It's not like the only answer to coaching is the one answer that I'm giving now. It's my experience. Mm. So just you're trying your best to help. Um, and when people self-select into our stuff, it's because they believe that we can add value already. Mm. And I guess the best thing that we can do as a coach is to help the person understand where they want to be at the end of the conversation and help close the gap within that conversation. So share a perspective, insights, questions to ask to help close that gap from where they currently are to where they want to be. You basically apply instructional design. Okay. <laughs> I think a good coach is a good instructional designer or vice versa. Mm, cool. Are there any questions that you ask them to get the information that you need to help them? Um, so what questions do I ask? Um, I ask, what do you want to have at the end of this? What is the success statement, basically? What outcome? What do you want to do differently at the end of this? Yeah. And what I'm really careful of is I don't want your life story. I don't want the context. I Because that's like when we work with stakeholders, right? They go and they give us too much information. 
I don't need the context of your thing. I want what is the problem you are facing right now? Yeah. What is the challenge you need to overcome right now? Yeah. And I and I will call people on that as well. I say, tell me in one sentence. Because people will say, oh, I have this blah, blah, blah. And then all this blah, blah, blah. And it takes them 10 minutes. And I'm like, you've used 10 minutes to tell me that. And it's not useful. Yeah. So the challenge or the problem that you are facing right now, tell me in one sentence. And then if I need context, I will ask. So I say that to them. If I, if you can't, if I'm not clear, I will ask for more information. But a lot of the times, like as we see things become simplified and there's kind of only like maybe three answers that people ever need to know. Mm. So, I don't know. I'm not explaining this very well. I'm not a very good coach. Don't book in. Thanks. <laughs> no. Oh, you're a good coach. Like I see you coaching so well and I'm like, you, it just happens so naturally for you, the way it flows. Thank you. Okay. Well, what do you notice then? I think I'm, I'm trying, I'm struggling actually to articulate what I do. Maybe. Well, I guess like, like I feel like you're very good at probing and asking the right questions to get the information that you need. And then it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but when there's like a silence and something's resolved, like you get it started again by asking another question and then people like answer that. So I'm just wondering, are there like set questions that you have in your head that you so, use like throughout the session? Yeah. Okay. So it's always like, what, what do you need at the end of this to help you move forward to the next thing that you're trying to do? Yeah. The next task in your project and the next conversation you need to have with a client or a stakeholder so yeah. I need to be clear on what you need to be, what behavior you want as a result of this. Yeah. And then I'm always, when I'm listening to them, I'm going, what action, what resource, what practical tip can I support them with to get them closer to that? Yeah. And then I guess where you go, the silence, and it is, you ask what else? What else is that question that allows an openness of, non-judgment for them to say and this yeah. yes you supported me through this but and there's this other thing so a lot of times we it's hard for us to articulate and I think that's what he was playing out like a little minute ago yeah. it's like me trying to dig deeper and I'm not able to get there myself so you're you've given me prompts and yeah. that's the role of the coach and to enable me to dig deeper right now so yeah. what else? And then that does allow other things to unravel. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like, there's clues in the language people use as well that we need to pay attention to as coaches. So, you know, if someone says, oh, it's not possible, I can't do that, or you don't understand, you need, to, that's, a, that's a mindset stuff, right? Because well, sorry, we need to decide, we need to uncover as a coach, is it a mindset stuff or is it the environment that they work in that is not enabling that thing to be possible? So first of all, we explore the environment because the environment is solvable. You can do this practical tip. You can have this conversation. You can do, there's things that you can implement 
yeah. tangible things, process improvements, con conversations, meetings, projects, initiatives, all that. And that will solve that. But then, then what happens is you go, oh, but we can't do that here, or that's hard, or you're paying attention to body language. So you're listening to the language of the person, and then you have to dig deeper on that. I noticed you said that was hard. Why specifically is that hard for you? Mm. And then they might go, oh, my boss, you know, they're just not going to let me do that. I go, why specifically? Specifically is a key thing because we're trying to get them to narrowly think. If I just say, why won't he let you do that? Then they go on a vent. But if I say, why specifically will they not let you do that? They think about pinpointing. There was this one time in the past that I tried to do this and it didn't play out that way. And yeah. then we can get back to practical. Okay, well, now we have some things to work with. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Because sometimes... We try everything we can within our power and we just need access to new knowledge and new mm. perspectives to try more things. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then like sometimes what plays out is if it's not the practical stuff like on oh, my boss and it's just like, um, it's just hard. Why is it hard? Why specifically mm. is it hard? And a lot of times it just comes down to people being overwhelmed mm. and they don't, Oh, now I'm going into solution. So that's not right. Because uh, what we're talking about here is coaching. So <laughs> basically you need to dig deeper and you just kind of keep going down to why specifically? What else? Um, help me understand X. Yeah. And I just keep saying those same things over and over. And I actually find that those sort of things, which is going a bit into mentoring, the people solve their own problems. Mm. So what happens is on the other end, I go, well, what specifically makes that hard? And then they start going, oh, you know, because this and this and this and, oh, but I know, like, if I just did this, it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, it sounds like that's a good idea. Yeah. Would What's stopping you from making that your next steps? And they go, oh, I'll give it a go after this. So they resolve their own thing. Yeah. So I think, yeah. That's all I got for you, mate, right now. Unless you yeah, that's really good. And coach me through this. <laughs> that's really cool. They're like really good questions to ask, like why specifically, what else, and help me understand. And I can see, I understand more now when people have all of that context to like listen out for language that's important. So if they say something's hard or you can see a block that's stopping them from meeting their goal, mm. digging deeper to understand what it is, and it could be, like a mindset thing it could be an environment thing and then you can work with that so it's all is it almost like a journey like you're trying to discover this is their goal and like they're going down a journey and you're trying to direct them to the end goal through the conversations you have and discovering what the hurdles are yeah 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 okay i also I, oh yeah sorry um, no you go Uh, yeah I was just gonna say also something I noticed that you do in coaching is you told the group coaching session before we started to think about their question and write it down before they asked it mm. and that helped them get to the core problem and get rid of a lot of the context and fluff before asking the question and I can see how that would work really well in group coaching because there's a limited amount of time and lots of different problems and things going on so I, I thought know. that was really cool as well yeah, a lot of it's interesting you get people to write down questions because people 
sometimes they go, yeah, I have a question, but they just tell you a, a problem. Yeah. And you're like, well, what of that problem do you want help with? Yeah. You know, so I don't need that. Yeah. I, I don't need your context. You're having an event right now. Yeah. If you want to have an event, go to a therapy session. <laughs> but coaching is about helping you move forward, right? So when someone writes down a question, they are processing their problem in their head. And sometimes they resolve it themselves, which is really mm. cool. Yeah. Um, but when they write it down, they have to write it very concisely, you know, um, into a question, which then allows them to cut through the noise. And it's a really good skill for instructional designers to have. Mm. So you're just starting to, you're shifting the way your brain thinks about problems. And this will help you as, as a practitioner working with stakeholders, if you start to do this mm. is, oh, I feel overwhelmed and I have this challenge and this problem. If I, what is the challenge I want to overcome? What is the problem I want to solve? And then you write that down. You go, what is the question I need to ask to get a solution to this problem, which is going mm -hmm. back to my planning template. Um, and then with that, you get help. You get momentum. You get few, like forward steps, basically, yeah. to move forward. And I think that if you want to start doing that as a practice, I would encourage you to ask how questions because how questions come with solutions. Hmm. If you frame it with how might I have this difficult conversation with um, my boss? Yeah. As opposed to my boss is really like he challenges me and, you know, he's always doesn't listen and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, what I want to do is I want to, for example, apply human-centered design to our next project. Mm. How might I have a conversation where my boss supports me to adopt a new methodology in my task? You see how that, like, now we can go to solution. Now we can help you with steps to get to your thing yeah. as opposed to he doesn't listen to me and blah, 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 because that doesn't matter. Like that's that you don't even know if he doesn't listen. That's just meaning that you're taking from his behavior. Yeah. And I think some of these questions that we're asking where I say what else or like that digging deeper, sometimes people can't dig deeper. So another way to flip that is to think about the future desired state, which is what we do in human centered design. Where do you want to be? If this was solved, what would the world look like for you? And that's easier for them to go to because it's in the future they can paint it. They can, when they're digging deeper, they're trying to resolve their own issues within. When you're thinking about that future desired state, they go, oh, this is the potential. This is the opportunity. This is what I want. Cool. Now we have a goal and we can just go, this is how you close the gap. This is the journey to close that gap and reach that goal. So that's maybe one where the what else, um, if you're not getting any where with that kind of question you go what is the future desired state you want for yourself yeah wow that's cool I just thought about how the human-centered design workshop we run is very relevant to coaching <laughs> like mean? the success what does success look like with the coach or the person that you're coaching and then like I can see the empathy map working like what would it look like in the future if you were successful what would you be doing hearing saying and then helping them get there whoa yep 
basically <laughs> that's what I do is just think about our instructional design process yeah human-centered design approach and do that and you guys have cool. been victims of this experiment <laughs> <laughs> that's cool I never connected the two with like coaching and the human-centered design stuff so that's been really useful because I get the human-centered design stuff so I probably do get the coaching I just hmm. didn't apply it to coaching hmm. Amazing. Thank you. All good. Any follow-up questions? All good. All right. Well, thanks for the questions, everybody. <laughs> Knowledge drop-in. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. If this has added value to you, you should share it with someone else because it will add value to them too. And we're just on a mission to like help people live their ultimate lives, doing what they love. Check out our creatorhub.belvistastudios.com for resources, templates, all that jazz that's basically from our studio and that has helped us be us. And it's working for us, so it might work for you too. And have an awesome, meaningful and purposeful day. <laughs>